Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, where is everyone? The city is a ghost town. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm Pei Chen, obviously, as the intro said. And uh, live with you until 9 p.m. every Sunday evening. You can always text in, if you like, during the show at 71010. Uh, and you can call in if you want as well. 416-872-1010. Start eight two five five on your cell phone if you have something uh, very very interesting to tell me. Then you can call in. If you have something that you're not sure of interesting to tell me, then you can text in uh, at 71010. But I, I trust I will find all of your texts highly interesting. Um, I don't know if you noticed, if you happen to be in town, or maybe you're one of the five other people who actually stayed in the city this uh, weekend, but it's qu- it's quiet. I, don't, I mean, Elliot, have you noticed that it seems like the roads seem a little more bare. There weren't as many people walking around Kensington Market yesterday, which is my indicator of how busy the city is. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think everybody is in the stands at the Pan Am Games. You think they're there? Did you think they got the hell out of town because they were so afraid of the crowd? That's the alternate explanation. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm, I'm curious to know. Yeah, text in at 71010. Let me know if you are... Uh, you know, taking part in anything Pan Am related. Maybe it's one of the games, a ticketed event, or I know there's a lot of free things going on. There's stuff at like Nathan Phillips Square. Concerts. There, Yeah, concerts. There's like parks and stuff where there's free entertainment and music for people. So you can take part in Pan Am without uh, necessarily going to see a sporting event. So let me know if you actually are planning to take part in anything Pan Am. I'd love to know. Uh, you can text in at 71010. And the reason I'm asking is because personally, I don't know anyone who is. Like, of all my friends who live in the city, no one has said to me, hey, guess what? I'm going to see this event. And I feel like then my friends must be some sort of anomaly and maybe they're just boring snobs. I'm going to see something. What are you going to see? I'm going to see the band Antibalas in about two weeks. And is that a metal sport? No. <laughs> it is. Um, they are working together to create interesting Afrobeat-inspired music. That's cool. Where's that going to be at? That's going to be somewhere near the exhibition grounds. Oh, that's nice, because then it's uh, downtown and easy to get to. Like, you can get there on the yep. maybe on the streetcar. And completely free. Well, that's good. There's a lot of stuff that's going on that's free. So I think that's great for families. I think Harborfront Center has some activities as well. Um, so I just don't know if people who don't live, um, you know, close to the venues if they are going to drive in because there's been the fear of God has been put into people who drive uh, with those HOV lanes that have been slowing people down. That's the other thing I would like to know. If you normally commute, I would love to know if these HOV lanes for the Pan Am uh, games have impacted you at all and have uh, added any travel time to your daily commute. Text in at 71010. The friends I have who do commute have found it incredibly frustrating the past week. And I know that was sort of the trial run because we weren't actually into the proper games yet. So it'll be interesting, I think, to see what happens this week. But I do know that um, a lot of people were so afraid of the chaos and the congestion that if they could, they got out of town. Um, Someone texted in and said, I accepted the warnings to stay away. And I don't know anyone who has attended any of the games. We're in the same boat. 
So if anyone out there is taking part in something or going to one of the free activities, uh, let me know, 71010. Or if you've already been down this weekend, I'm going to check it out tomorrow. I'm going to uh, take a look at Nathan Phillips Square. They have that big sign out there, <laughs> the one that everyone's taking photos of. Can I say something, Pay? Yes, Elliot, you may. Go ahead. The pool looks really cool. Where is the pool? It's far from here. It's over yeah. near Scarborough. In Scarborough, East Scarborough, might even be leaning towards Pickering, Ajax area. But it looks really cool on the TV. Is it uh, a part of another building, or is it just a pool that has been built for this, these games? I believe it has been built just for the games. Oh. Also, uh, as I was mentioning before the show started, they have made a, a velodrome out in Milton, which sounds really cool. But what happens to that afterwards? Is it going to be used as a training facility? Folks like yourself and myself can go use it, and I'm looking forward to gunning it on a circular cycle track like I cannot do on the streets. I think that my really crappy... 12-year-old bike that has already been stolen once where the fender is kind of loose and the chain usually falls off. I think that is going to do really well in the velodrome. That you could bring that. Apparently you can rent like sport bikes there. You can rent proper bikes? Yeah, pro <laughs> yeah, the ones that are like more velodromey. Yeah. Yes. You mean I, I can't bring my uh, giant uh, cruiser bike out I, there? I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. But yeah, maybe not. Uh, the guy at the bike store this week looked at me with disapproving eyes when I brought my bike in because I said that I found it a bit... I actually said, I find my bike really hard to ride and I've had it for over 10 years. And it turned out the tire pressure was really low because I don't have a proper tire pump. I have one that looks like... It is about the size of a large cigar. It's meant for emergencies, like a tiny little thing that fits in your purse. That is all I have to put air into my tires. And it's so awful that every time I attach it to a tire, it lets out more air than it puts in. So I think I've been actually riding around with very flat tires. I'm like, why is this so hard to ride? And I thought it was a reflection of my fitness level. But uh, then the guy at the bike shop was like, you know, you really need a proper air pump. Um, people have been using these for like the past 20 years or 80 years. Sorry, he said 80 years. And I'm like, I think bikes have been around longer than that. Anyway, um, okay, so now we have actually nice summer weather. So actually perfect for Pan Am. I feel bad that people are not... Um, maybe as excited about Pan Am as they could be because it is a really, it's a very cool international event that we are hosting. And, you know, a lot of people are complaining about the traffic and all of these issues. But I think if you look at the fact that 45,000 people filled the Rogers Center for the opening ceremonies, that says a lot too. Um, okay, let's see. What are people saying? I don't know of anything, of anyone doing anything Pan Am related. This is a text. Anyone I ask also does not know of anyone doing doing anything pandemic related. Ah, oh, that's too bad. Maybe is it all tourists? Uh, because of the summer weather, I decided to be outdoors and enjoy the nice sunshine and humid conditions. And one of my place, favorite places, Elliot, I don't know if you've been here because I know you quite enjoy food, is Kiku Gelato. No, what's that, actually? Oh, okay. So for people who are maybe going through the city, it is on the other side of Spadina from Kensington Market. So Kensington is, I think, very well known. Um, but if you go onto the east side of Spadina, a few blocks, there's that area called Baldwin Village. So it's on Baldwin Street. Mm -hmm. There's about two blocks of restaurants. And it's a great little gelato place that does a lot of Asian-inspired flavors. So if you're kind of adventurous, they have, for example, durian ice cream. Oh, durian cool. is a very strong, not pleasant-smelling Asian fruit. But people love it, and it, it tastes 
pretty great if you aren't offended by the smell of it. But they also have things like black sesame, you know, green bean coconut, Vietnamese coffee. So even if you're not super adventurous with your ice cream selections, it's a great little tiny um, independently owned shop that does unique flavors. So it's a fun spot to go in the summer if you want something a little bit different. Sounds great. Just letting you know about it. Uh, also, last week on the show, I was talking to Ed Keenan about uh, the food at the Calgary Stampede and how they were going to serve cockroach pizzas, but the roaches got held up at the border. Wah, wah, wah. No one's upset about that. Um, and we were also talking about the $125 Twinkie that is being served at some of the Midwestern um, fairs. And the reason the Twinkie is $125 is because it's served with caviar on top. And Ed and I were like, oh, that is ridiculous. Who goes to a fair or a carnival with that much money in their pocket to spend on one item? Well, apparently I'm wrong because a lot of people do. At the Calgary Stampede, there was a vendor who sold out of his $100 hot dogs before the Stampede actually ended. So there are days left and he was sold out. It so. Please tell me, text in 71010, let me know the most expensive food item perhaps that you've ever purchased or the, the item that you may have purchased that you know was ridiculously overpriced, but you thought, you know what, this is an experience. I have to do this. So it is a foot-long bratwurst. It's infused with cognac, an expensive one, a bottle that is $2,600 a bottle. It's topped with Kobe beef, lobster, and truffles. And he thought, you know, I don't know that we're going to sell very many of these, so we'll just bring down 100. Well, he sold out of all 100 of them in a matter of days. They're called Dragon Dogs, um, and it's from a guy uh, named Dougie Love. He apparently It's called Dragon because he's appeared on Dragon's Den a couple of times. But he has now decided he's going to try making a $200 hot dog because his rationale is people love hot dogs. They love things that are different. Would you... Pay $100 for a hot dog that apparently had all these beautiful ingredients like Kobe beef and lobster and truffle oil just to try it. My answer, no, I would not. Wouldn't. Um, also because it's a hot dog. If you've got any real estate questions, you can text in as well. 71010, just after the break, Toronto real estate agent Paul Greenberg will be on the show with some great advice and tips for both buyers and sellers. You're going to want to tune in if you're kind of in the market or you're wondering, you know, how to make your place a little bit more attractive. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. This is The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me tonight. You can always text in at 71010. You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at PayChen. Uh, just before the break, I was also talking about the Pan Am Games, asking if anyone was taking part in uh, in them. And most people that have replied have said they just haven't gotten around to it. And then someone did text in, and they made a very good point, which is that we should be talking about our athletes who are doing very well. And I do believe the last I heard earlier today was that Canada is tops in terms of medals, which is amazing. And I'm wondering if a bit of that is like, you know, playing the sort of that home audience advantage a little bit. So it is exciting. But my point wasn't to be negative about the Pan Am Games. It's just to find out if who was taking part in some of the games. And um, seems like a lot of listeners are a bit on the fence about whether or not they will. But at least they're still... From my understanding, tickets to a lot of events available. And uh, after the Pan Am, we've got Para Pan Am. So a lot of events to take part in. Um, I've got a, uh, you know what? I'm always interested in talking about real estate. Not that I 
have like a bunch of properties or anything. But if you are someone who, and I think most people like to talk about real estate who live in the GTA, regardless of if they're renting or if they're thinking of buying or they, people like to know how much it costs or what the property is worth if they have one. So if you are thinking about the real estate market in Toronto and you're wondering like, is it going to keep booming? You know, what's a good time to buy? Or are you worried about this, this crash that people are always saying is like hovering over our heads? I've got Paul Greenberg here. He's a Toronto-based real estate agent working under Forest Hill Real Estate. And uh, you are placed in the top 2% of agents. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Is that based on number of sales or like the value? You. It's a uh, volume. Oh, okay. Volume. Yeah. That's great. So let's talk about, um, let's start it off with right. your, if you're um, buying, is there a best time to buy? Definitely. You want kind of when the market slows down. So Toronto is very seasonal. So oh, is that fall, right? Okay. Yeah. So fall and spring markets, they're insanely hot. You've got a whole surge of buyers. The weather starts getting really nice. Mm -hmm. You know, it's after summer. People are, you know, getting a bit more serious about, you know, getting stuff done before the holidays. Spring is fantastic. So there's there's a whole slew of buyers out there. So definitely you're going to be paying a bit more because there's a lot more competition. Okay. Um, so you want it kind of when it slows down. So the summer months are definitely probably a better time to buy mm -hmm. as well right before Christmas because, you know, sellers don't want to be showing their houses when no. they're getting ready for their family to come in. So right. you definitely want to get, you know, get in there and get the best deal that you can possibly get. Are there, are you noticing uh, hot areas in the GTA? Oh, there's tons. There's tons. Yeah. Like, um, so Leslieville and Roncesvalles, they're always like, you know, they were the big ones yeah. five years ago. Now it's kind of like the junction. Everyone oh, keeps talking about yeah. the junction, you know, so that's kind of a it's it's a bit more accessible for buyers, mm -hmm. and it's definitely got that cool factor as well, for sure. All right. So then, how do we, how do we become one of those people that we hear about who lucked into buying in one of those like up and coming areas <laughs> before it was hot, and then within a year or two, you're like, wow, the price of my home just you know grew by fifty percent. Well, you get a crystal ball. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, work with a professional. You know, we we definitely know what areas are on the up and up, but mm -hmm. also we know how to read people. Right. So we can kind of sense of where you're at and where we think you need to be. So what is the Starbucks effect though? Like if I want to <laughs> identify these areas that, because like, I know what's, I know the beach is always hot. Sure. I know like uh, I'm downtown, so along King West, like that's a mm -hmm. heavy condo area, Trinity Bellwoods. Like I yep. know these areas are really popular. People want to live there. But if I was able to, you know, come into a little bit of money and I was like, I, I want to be able to buy a home, I have a limited budget, yep. I want to be in an area that's going to not be hot right now, but will be in the next few years. For sure. Yeah. So the Starbucks effect, you definitely want to see the coffee times going out and the Starbucks going in. Interesting. Yeah, Is so that, that's a reflection of what? The... Of the areas kind of on the up and up. Okay. Because Starbucks people know. The Starbucks people know. If you're, you know, <laughs> you see those lineups of 50 people in the morning, you're definitely, you're in the right direction in your investment. Well, yeah, that's a good point because you know, if people are going to buy $5 lattes For in sure. that area, then you, those. They've, they've got the deep pockets. They okay. do. <laughs> that's good to know. Um, so what sort of language, this is what bothers me as both someone, as someone who has purchased a condo in the past mm -hmm. and as someone who has rented, I find sometimes the language is very glossy and very beautiful. There are certain keywords, and I've also learned this because I have also sold a condo that was tiny okay. and 
quaint. <laughs> Comfortable. Had, Comfortable. That had, um, <laughs> let's put it this way. It had character because it didn't have an elevator. <laughs> oh, beautiful. It's a New York style walk-up. Yes, exactly. Right. That is exactly what it was. All right. So what are some of the, the like real estate language that we should learn to decode? Uh, definitely stuff like you hear New York style walk up, you're yeah. carrying those groceries up 10 flights of stairs. Oh, it sounds adorable. For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, comfortable. Yeah. Bright, open. Definitely. Bright is a nice thing. If it says bright, I'm 100%, in. 100%. But yeah, what else could it mean? If it's only bright for five minutes of the day <laughs> and the other half you're blocked by a building. Right, Because okay. you're getting the reflection from the sun off the other building. It's, yes. it's not always the best then. Okay. Yeah. Uh, unique. Unique. Unique is a good one. Definitely. Is that one that you don't use? If, if the property is really amazing, you're not going to call I'm it I'm not going to call it unique. can be unique to yourself. I decided <laughs> to put a lime green kitchen in. Right. That's unique for 1% yeah. of the people who are going to be looking at it. Okay. That's yeah. good. And potential. It has potential. <laughs> potential is uh, definitely a good word for sure. Yeah. Uh, you're definitely knocking down walls and, and finding interesting stuff in them. I would think that if I saw the word potential, I would know that uh, perhaps I'm buying something that is of a bit of about like value in a way yeah. and, and so it needs work it's funny because a lot of my home buyers right now not condos but home buyers they actually want to put their own stamp on things yeah so they want something where they can do their own kitchen they can do their own bath because everyone's taste is different you yeah. know someone might love dark cabinets but you definitely don't want that yeah. so you it's it's nice to to go in there and be able to put your own stamp and your own finish on mm -hmm. the product as well. Okay, so let's uh, switch over to people who are thinking about selling or maybe wondering, mm -hmm. you know, hey, if I fix my place up a little bit, I wonder what it's worth. Sure. Um, what I guess what is a definite turnoff for potential buyers when someone is like selling their home? What is something that you always go in and you say you need to fix this? Oh, you you definitely need to depersonalize everything. Okay. Take a, take down all of those personal photos. That one time you're in Cabo and you have photos with 15 <laughs> of your friends. Yeah. Take those off the wall. Okay. Um, make sure your house smells good. <laughs> if you're a smoker, that's tough. When I walk stop. into a place, I'm like, smoke. The, I, when I smell the smoke on the wall in the walls, it's horrible. It's, it, it, it's like it can be remedied, but it's it's a, it's a big fix. And people know within a minute of mm -hmm. being in a place if they're going to want to buy this place or not. Right. It's that so, quick, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, hundred percent. So you definitely want it to be shown in the best light possible. So you want it open. You want it decluttered. Mm -hmm. All the personal photos gone. away, yep. gone. If you have pets, mm -hmm. get them out. Get them out. Unless it's a really cute dog that will sell yeah. the place, because I know <laughs> my dog probably would. Yes. <laughs> um, but and if you have tenants, that's that's a really really tough one. If your place yeah. is tenanted, they don't care as much as you would. They that's don't. Why. No, there's no pride of ownership. So yeah. just you know, get in a really nice relationship with them. Tell them, listen, we're trying to sell our place. Yeah. Um, if you can keep it neat and tidy, it'd be mm -hmm. amazing. But just let the showings happen, because you'd be surprised how often showings are canceled due to tenants. Really? Yeah, it happens okay. all the time. Um. What simple things will, I guess, increase the value of your home? If you're thinking of selling, mm -hmm. what can you do that will boost, you know, maybe what you're going to get for it? You'd be surprised what a fresh coat of paint can do. Yeah. Um, clean baseboards, fresh coat of paint can really brighten up and make the place feel super new. Mm -hmm. um, if you do have the resources and the funds, if you want to reface your cabinets, uh, change the colors, um, and definitely have your place clean. Like yeah. you'd be surprised if you take the exact same property, you have one that shows amazing. It's, yeah. it can, it, whether it's staged or it's your own stuff, but it's really open, airy, clean mm -hmm. compared to a very cluttered place. The open, airy, clean place is going to sell 
quicker and yeah. for a higher price for sure. Does it frustrate you as a real estate agent because you are you only make money when your client makes money? Sure. And when it drags out because they're not really taking your advice and you have to show a home that is like, ah, you guys could have done a little bit more to it. It's never an I told you so situation. Yeah. Um, you obviously you want to guide your clients the best with the best that you possibly can. Uh, a lot of the people who are selling with me are also purchasing with me. Mm -hmm. So I basically relay what did you love about the house that you just bought. What did you like about that? How did it feel to you? Let's make your place sparkle like that. Uh, what about landscaping? Landscaping's huge in the summer. A lot yep. of people don't think about it. You know, mm -hmm. if you have a backyard, you guys love to entertain. Uh, you know, a lot of people want that space. Show it off. Mm -hmm. Get some outdoor furniture. There's a whole ton of awesome outdoor furniture that you can get right now to make that outdoor space livable space. Right. The more livable space that you can sell, the better. Uh, what do what is hot on people's lists when they're buying? Like, what do they want? They want, it, you know, and has it changed? Did it used to be like, I want an in-ground pool, but now it's, I want this and this. Like, well, what are the hot it's things? It's funny because a lot of people say they don't want a pool because they mm -hmm. don't want to pay for the upkeep and for the hydro with that. People, what I've noticed, it's always kitchens and bathrooms. They yep. want that gourmet kitchen. Yeah. They want that spa-like bathroom um, and space. Mm -hmm. You know, so space, obviously you can always add on to homes, but a lot of people don't do that. But space is a huge, huge factor. Okay. And just a quick text from uh, listeners uh, wanting to know the best time to sell property. Um, if the market is a time when the market is higher to sell the property to get the top dollar. So if you're a seller, what's a good time to... Fall market, spring market, it's yeah. the best time. There's a whole slew of buyers looking for property. So I would say the second week of September mm -hmm. till about December 15th oh, okay. is, is an amazing time. Yeah. yeah. And then right after, I would say end of February mm -hmm. till about June. It's almost like we come out of hibernation. <laughs> we do, like, seriously. We want to move. We need a new it, space. It happens. <laughs> it, it really, really does. It's, it is crazy how the market can get. That's like, amazing. Yeah. Okay. So Paul Greenberg with uh, Forest Hill Real Estate. How can people reach you? Uh, um, all over the internet, pauljgreenberg.com or amazing. Instagram, Twitter, pauljgreenberg. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks yeah. for joining me. Thanks for uh, me. After the break, the next time you want to buy something, try looking at a Canadian company first. I'll tell you about some great businesses. And don't forget, you can also find the podcast uh, online, paychen.com. Taking a quick break. <laughs> Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me. Again, paychen.com is my website. You can find uh, links there for the podcast of the show. Um, great info, actually, from uh, Paul Greenberg, Toronto real estate agent, about buying and selling in the city. So if you missed that, you can catch it on the podcast, which usually goes up um, by Monday afternoon. Um, if you're looking for something for yourself as a treat or maybe you need a gift for someone, chances are you start your search online for the best options. I think most people just do a quick little Google search for things. Uh, oftentimes, though, there are companies that exist here in Canada, and they're not necessarily our go-to uh, in terms of uh, ideas that pop into our head. And a lot of times it's the big box stores and the big brands. But um, there are a lot of great Canadian companies uh, making, you know, fashion-related items, toys, electronics, also great food companies. And you can shop with just a quick 
click. So since we're into the whole uh, Pan Am games now and we really want to support um, Canadian as much as possible, it's always great to let you know what exists out there and what your options are. I've got Jennifer Shannon on the line from shop.ca. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm pretty excited about this because I, I love to know about Canadian companies. I love to know about small businesses that exist where I live or, you know, where I grew up and trying to support them as much as possible. And it's so funny that sometimes people will tell you about this cool little, you know, skincare line. And I just had, I had no idea that it was made here in my backyard. And it's always nice to know about those things. Well, that's the, um, the most amazing thing about sorting, you know, trying to dig into all of these companies that exist. And um, because I work for an online marketplace, mm-hmm. we regularly are out seeking, you know, great companies that um, exist here in Canada. And, you know, I started recently doing a project and I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if we started to focus on some of these great Canadian entrepreneurs? And I was overwhelmed by the absolute breadth of product that's out there on all categories and these amazing stories. That's what's really exciting to me. Everything from, you know, incredible casual wear to jewelry to Mm -hmm. purses to skincare. That's the great thing. You can literally shop in your backyard for every category and get beautifully made products by Canadian entrepreneurs. You know what I think is uh, a challenge for a lot of people is that there are so many businesses that exist, no matter where they're from, that um, if you don't know about them or if they're not at that big box store that you usually go to, you may not be searching for them. So I do know that on um, your website on shop.ca, you actually have an area where you've highlighted these Canadian companies, making it a little bit easier. So I wanted to talk, to talk about some of the um, the really great uh, companies that you have been featuring that you know everyone can just with a little click uh, can be looking into and, and perhaps purchasing something from them. Sure. So I'll just maybe tell you about, um, we we did a little video series, and you can find it on our site. Um, We did a a video series with some of our sort of like, you know, featured merchants that we we carry and sort of got to know some of these stories. So first and foremost is Lazy Pants. And Mm -hmm. as someone who's got teenage boys, I wasn't necessarily aware of Lazy Pants. But then as soon as I mentioned to them, they're like, oh, yeah, every girl in our class has Lazy Pants. Now, these track pants are actually for grown-ups, for men, for women, and they are gorgeously made. This is, you know, and and Adam, the founder of Lazy Pants, had this sort of denim line, and he thought to himself, you know what, I'm just going to throw these track pants in. And they became this huge runaway hit. And as I started to talk to Adam, he is extremely proud of the fact that the material is made in Canada, the track pants are made here in Canada, that his company is right here in Toronto, and he's incredibly proud of that. And, you know, you get to learn really cute touches, too. Like, there's the initial NB on the inside of his track pants. That's a tribute to his mother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you start to learn some of these incredible stories. But, you know, here's Adam chose to keep his company in Canada and is making this incredible company and sort of making them available across Canada. Yeah, he's pretty, uh, you know, he's he's actually been on the show. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I've talked to him probably a few years ago. And, uh, and, you know, they're just, they're a very basic um, sort of everyday item that most people will will have. And, you know, fun colors, so it kind of appeals to people of my age and and the younger crowd as well. So that's always good to know. And his philosophy is that everybody should have a bit of lazy time, lazy mm-hmm. time rather. And, and, you know, come on, that's a pretty great philosophy. It is a good philosophy. Um, and then there's another company, uh, husband and wife team, and it's called Province of Canada. Same sort of casual wear, so 
sweats and t-shirts and they are absolutely beautiful they're so lovely they're they're even their imagery on their website is just makes you want to go to a cottage and sit in a muskoka chair these these pieces are absolutely beautiful and and they're a lovely couple and they just just started out and again a really gorgeous brand another beautiful jewelry brand called body bijou was Mm -hmm. actually started by a 15 year old girl now this is an interesting story so it's a young girl who started this company and now she's like selling jewelry across the country she is and even better than that she's a girl who wants to give back to girls so a portion of the proceeds from all of her pieces actually go to education programs for girls globally so you get to buy these beautiful and i'm talking these pieces are to die for you can wear them on your neck you can wear them on your waist you can wear them on your legs so that they peek under a skirt Mm -hmm. you can wear them like on your fingers like the you really need to check these out they're absolutely gorgeous and the fact that you can buy these pieces and give back and that this 15 year old had the insight that she could make something really beautiful and give back to a a global community of girls Mm -hmm. is is a pretty great story quite frankly well and you know jewelry is also um like like a nice little chain or earrings or something i think is also a nice gift like for uh, you know if i'm shopping for uh, a birthday present for a girlfriend or something like that it's nice to have something with a story well and these are really high style pieces there are things that your girlfriends are not going to have in their in their you know in their wardrobes Mm -hmm. and that's what i really like about it is you know your girlfriends have bracelets and necklaces and earrings these are really unique statement pieces that every every gal should have in their closet for sure in my opinion (laughs) all right that's great so it's called body and body and bijou body bijou okay And then another great company, and and I have to admit, I I had a blast spending some time with Christopher and Vicky. So they have this beautiful little studio that's in their house in Liberty Village, and you go to the top of this um, this house, and Vicky's got all of these beautiful old-fashioned sewing machines and all these tables. These are handmade bow ties. And, you know, bow ties have become a real sort of dapper fashion statement of, of late, mm-hmm. but these are stunning. Some of them are made with feathers, with suede, with leather. They've got, you know, all different kinds of patterns and prints. And, you know, Christopher's philosophy is bring back the dapper to men's fashion. You know, everybody should dress well and live well and look great. And these two are really young entrepreneurs who were sort of, you know, working in sales and thought, you know what, there's got to be a better way. And Vicky grew up in Smalltown, Ontario, and it really reflects in her style. The, they come packaged in a gorgeous wooden box. Oh, they nice. are the perfect gift for the guy in your life, for sure. Now, they, I'm, I'm a little amazed that they have a business that just sells bow ties. <laughs> It's a very incredible. It's a very specific item. So to me, the fact that you can sustain a business that sells such a specific item, then it must be, um, you know, their product must stand out and it must be in demand. Well, and Christopher made a really interesting point, actually, when we were chatting. And he said to me, to survive in Canada, you have to be really tough to survive the elements. Mm -hmm. But what you really need to do is have good quality merchandise. And he said more than anywhere else where he's sort of, you know, he's been to Vegas at clothing stores, et cetera, is he literally has said to these sort of, you know, Canadian folks that are shopping his brand that they're looking for those details. They're looking for beautiful finishes. They're looking for fine stitching, for good fabrics. And I find that really interesting, actually. And, and I think that, you know, as Canadians, we maybe do have a bit of a higher price ceiling, not just to support our fellow Canadians, but also for a great quality piece, which I actually really love about us. I think, too, that um, as I get a little bit older and I'm not looking for disposable fashion, I will uh, I'll buy, I'll buy less, but I'm willing to pay a bit more for quality. 100% agree with you. 
Um, and which brings me to my next couple of, of pieces. So Jessica Jensen and Rock Cork. So they both make these beautiful line of handbags. Oh, I've seen the. I don't have a bag, but I've seen the bags, and they are quite, they're beautiful. Oh, they're stunning. And to me, and that's the thing, is I get a little bit older as well. You know, it used to be I would just get myself a little sling purse that I got at wherever, you know what I mean, and use it for a couple of months and, and toss it. Now I find myself really using bags as accessories and you know really sort of you know I have everything in in this it's called a kangaroo pouch that you put inside your purse so it allows me to sort of change out my purses these rock cork purses are literally made out of cork they come in a variety of different colors they're vegan they're absolutely stunning and I'm telling you look at these things and they actually are a little work of art on their own and they're not that expensive and then these Jessica Jensen bags are leather bags and she's got you know bucket purses she's got little throws she's got you know little satchels she has you know um you know sort of like these square kind mm-hmm. of clutches they're absolutely gorgeous and to me like if you can invest in a couple of really great purses like that that you can only bring to work but to go out at night that's a really great investment piece in my opinion um i will tell you jennifer that i like to amortize the cost of my handbags <laughs> the way i do with with denim because they <laughs> i i will look at a handbag i'm like odds ah, how much money i'm like but if I carry this every day for, let's say, seven to eight months out of the year, and maybe, you know, a couple of years, it is pennies at, in the end. Exactly. And if you can count how many times a friend or a stranger says to you, where did you get that bag? It makes us feel so good when someone stops <laughs> us. It's like validation. It's like, thank you. I did pick a nice bag. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, you can choose these great Canadian pieces and, and get that back to you. And you know, more than that, I think that, you know, we really, as women in particular and as men, mm-hmm. need to really take care of our skin. And for a long time, I was like, no, I am not doing the 30,000 steps that I, you know, the tone or the, the yeah. no. And so then I met this woman this, this spring, and her name's Linda. And Linda has this incredible skincare brand called Meridesso. Mm-hmm. And Linda used to work for the big guy. She worked for the great big, you know, retailers. Yeah. And she's actually a chemist and a botanist. This is one oh. smart entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so she thought to herself, you know what, I'm a busy working mom. I want to be able to do something in the shower, something when I get out and be done so that I can take my son to school. She has come up with these incredible all-in-one products. So there's the face and neck cleanser, Mm -hmm. which is also a makeup remover that's three pumps. You wash your face with this beautiful cloth that's included. And then you get out of the shower. You've got the eye cream, toner, face cream, neck cream, all in one. They are both for men and for women. Oh, that's good. And then she's got these sort of lip tints as well. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, my skincare routine takes about three minutes, and my skin looks amazing. And it's... this product is also made here in Ontario. Oh, which is that's great. Awesome. It's yeah. you know, it's nice to pare down because um, I I do have a multi-step cleansing <laughs> process. Um, but we're out of time, actually, uh, Jennifer. Thank you so much. And I know that people can find out more about the companies you've talked about and others at uh, shop.ca. Yeah, absolutely. Check okay. them out. All right. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Bye bye. So that is uh, Jennifer Shannon with shop.ca. Coming up after the break, well, Mr. Vinny White is back from his holiday, and we have something to talk about, and it has to do with the city and the airport and other things that I'm sure he'll bring up about his trip that I'm not even sure if they're appropriate for on air, but we'll find out.
Welcome back to the show, and thank you for joining me tonight. Benny White has stepped into the studio. He's been away for a few weeks, so Hello. welcome back. You just actually got back today. I did. What's going on with this gangster music? I don't yeah. know. This, this is from East London. Is it? I thought it might be. I was there this oh, morning. There's some gram. Yeah, word to your mother, Mother Hubbard. Uh, how was your trip? All right. Yeah, you had a good time? Yeah, I was really, I'm really confused because I was, it's the first time I've ever done this. I was in London this morning. Yeah. Flew in and then had a little doze and then came here. So I think my show will either be really good because I've got a lot to talk about. What are you talking about? I'm going to talk about, um, I accidentally peed myself. Just, just now? No. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, well, you find out all the details there. I, I'll tell you in brief now. Um, but I listened to the show for the full story. Yes. Got out of car in London. I was I rented a car. I was driving around London, which is always hard to do. Misjudged the timing and the traffic. Yeah. Found myself needing a pee. Got out, peed under a bridge, and realised I was peeing on a tramp's house, on a homeless man's house. Oh. Yeah. So I I had to try and stop the flow when he came out of his little hut, and um. I did he yell at you? Did he ever? I w well, you know what? Uh, you deserved it. And I didn't know he was living there. Well, you you were relieving yourself on someone's home. <laughs> but you say home like it was. Like well, it's his. It's you know. I don't he, think I'm he was sure he taxes. would like it to be better, but yeah. that's that is his home. That, well, or his you property. Say, I think that's I did stuff. a very commendable thing because I couldn't stop the flow, and it was either continue to pee on his house or p pop it back in and pee myself, and I did the latter. Anyway. And I... that's the sort of classy radio we'll be doing. <laughs> yeah, I knew I shouldn't have asked. I knew I should not have asked. Um, I found the story that I want, wanted to talk to you about as well. It's um, This actually happened in the UK, which is why I thought of you, because I thought, ah, I could see this being Vinny as a child somehow. Yeah. Uh, it's a man who actually washed his son's mouth out with soap because he was so angry with him. So let me just tell you the story first. So it's a young guy, a young father who was walking in a park near his home. Mm. He saw his six-year-old son kick an elderly man's cane. He told his son to stop. The son told him to F off. Mm. The, the boy is six. Mm. Also threw a couple of derogatory slurs at his dad. His dad was so mad, he went to a nearby store, he bought soap, he came back, he pinned the boy down and he put the soap in his mouth to try to teach him some manners. Mm. To basically say, I'm gonna wash your mouth out with soap, you do not tell your father to bleep off. Mm. And also, you do not go and kick an elderly man's cane. Yeah. So, uh, when I first saw the story, which came out just a few days ago, a lot of people were like, oh, it's use I'm not saying he was a good dad. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but people, some people were really hard on the father because he was trying to teach his son a lesson. I think the kid deserved it. That that mm. kid, six years old, kicks an old man's cane, yeah. then turns around when he's told to stop by his father and tells his dad to F off yeah and then throws out a bunch of really terrible words at his father can you just can a bar you tell of soap i feel like that's not even a bad thing so it wasn't just the f off there was something else no he well. threw out a couple of you know he just started calling his dad a, a few names that i'm not going to say did i begin with that no was it so i just all right here's the ultimate question Wait. text in seven ten ten Oh, that's not let, the ultimate. Text in at seven ten ten. Let me know. Do you think? Uh, do you 
think the father deserved to be punished. He was. He was fined. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was fined. He was given a 12-month conditional discharge uh, in order to pay uh, some court costs and also a victim surcharge. So it was like a few hundred dollars. Uh, it wasn't a lot. It was not a lot of money. I mean, he was warned, and um, basically the authorities and people who work for anti-bullying organizations said, "You know what? You did not deal with this well. Ne- your son didn't learn from the lesson." I don't think the son suddenly pulled a 180 and was like, oh, you're right. I am disrespectful. But he maybe had a little bit of um, fear put into him. I don't, you know, I don't know. No, you don't. And nor do I. But that's part of the problem with this. There seems to be two very large problems here. First of all, where did he learn that language? And secondly, that's true. How did he manage? How does a six year old press charges on the dad? How did that happen? Uh, uh, I don't think that was the case. I'm, I'm sure people saw it. It was in public. He did what? He did. <laughs> so was, he got the I think it was in public. Pinned his kid down in a park and then did that. Who's worse then? The kid for kicking an old man yeah. or the dad well, for pinning his son down in a park and putting soap in his mouth? You're right. He learned that Family's from somewhere. But um, I did. I guess this is my point. I didn't feel so bad. Actually, some, some people are texting in and saying that it wasn't his father. It was a babysitter of his. Um, so I'm sorry for that mistake because the article that I read from ah. the UK Metro said that it was his, it was actually his son. So right. maybe that's been a correction. Well, that's the UK press for you. It was probably the, um, maid with a candlestick <laughs> in the library. But okay. So, okay. If it wasn't his son, then maybe you shouldn't be pinning a kid down. Well, you shouldn't either way, but I don't know that I didn't, I guess my point is I didn't feel that bad for the kid because he was, he, it was not. Well, do you recall any times in your childhood when you were reprimanded heavily mm-hmm. beyond perhaps legal implica- the legal reasonable I area was and, it, hard. and it affect you, affected you? Yes, you I was terrified hard. to do it again. Yeah. Let's yeah. not let's move away from your sex life though. And let's ah, go back ah. to <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Um but yeah, did you did you find that when you were a kid that you were you were uh, spanked by your parents and it was effective? In some ways, yes. I don't agree. I don't think people should spank their kids. I would turn around and tell my mom I would never raise my kids the way they raised us. But earlier on, but you, that s- was the you way said they that did this it. man was all right for soaping a child. I don't think it's the worst thing, considering what the kid did and how rude he was. Soap in the mouth, to me, was not was not the uh, the most terrible offense, yeah. considering the kid kicked the cane of an old man and then turns around and starts Spouting uh, obscenities could be worse. Grown up, it right? could have been olives. That's the worst. Than soap <laughs> in the mouth. Well, that would be terrible. Um, we want also. I had asked you just before I stepped into studio about uh, your trip because you just flew back today, and I was asking how you got from the airport because oh, there's yes. that new Union Pearson Express. That's yes, there is. Up, and I thought perhaps you'd taken that. I am aware of it, but I'm so tight that I would rather pay my three dollars and take the TTC, which is a bit painful. But was on it, a nice day, was it's it busy? Nah, it's all right. You can get the you have to get the airport rocket to Kipling. You get the Kipling to, in my case, Bathurst, and then you get the streetcar to my house. Come over, have a coffee. But um, that's what I did, and it took about an hour. Where there's a train, the new sexy spangly train to my front door would take about forty minutes. So it's not worth me paying the extra. I think it's is it twenty eight bucks the train? I think it's twenty seven fifty. Okay, so um, it cost me twenty five dollars more yeah. to save twenty minutes. Not worth it. It um, so I did take this new Union Pearson Express when I when I went to Scotland just about a month ago. Yeah, and does it I had go luggage. all that way? Hmm? Nothing. 
Yes, it goes all that way for twenty seven fifty. And uh, so I decided, I'm like, uh, you know what? Because I was traveling during rush hour, and so I didn't want to take a cab, and I didn't want to drag my heavy suitcase through the TTC. And getting there was fine because uh, I knew I know where Union Station is, and the signage at Union wasn't too bad. There's only one way you can go, left or right. Uh, but Arriving at Terminal One, the signage is terrible. Yeah. They're they're calling it the Union Pearson Express. So I expected to see a sign when I arrived out of the luggage area that would that would point me because it points me to the taxis. It points me to where I can be picked up. It yes. points me to a the, well the TTC, either yes. the limos, well, whatever. But there is no sign yeah. as of what three weeks ago that said this way to. Union Pearson Express. So here I am. I'm exhausted. I just come off a red eye flight. I've got all of my luggage. I'm also I couldn't find anyone to ask. I could not find an airport employee. Finally, I went to like the information section, and I said I'm looking for the, the Union Pearson Express. And he goes, Oh, you have to go upstairs and take a right. F there's no sign that told me that. I go upstairs. I take a right. When you walk down the hallway, there's a bit of a fork. So I stayed to my right because at no point did he say take a right and then a left. Yeah. So I stayed to my right. I end up in the parking garage. Mm. I was so unhappy because you just gone through customs. You've waited for your luggage, like all of those things. I was, I, the ride itself was absolutely fine. Mm. It got me into the city in 20 minutes or so. Oh. It was on time. It was clean. It has a fresh new car smell. Oh. Um, finding it though. Not happy. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because it's a rant that I've done before, even before this train. The first thing you see when you arrive in Pearson is limos. By the way, you can't get a taxi because that would be, you know, that would be terrible to be able to <laughs> allow a taxi to pick you up. No. So you have to get one of those $55 limos. And if you want ground, ground transportation or the train that you've just spoken about, really hard to find. Yeah. But the ride itself, if someone was to lead me to it, it was fine. But just that circling around, I wasted too much time circling. That's where you need a, a manservant. I do need a manservant. And a sedan chair. Please tweet me, at Pei Chen, if you know of a eligible, clever, funny manservant. How you doing? Thank you. Vinnie White's the name. Vinnie White does not fit any of those oh. requirements. Um, but thank you for tuning in tonight. <laughs> Elliot, Elliot, you listening to this? Do you I, think I have a full time job, Elsa, sorry. Did you not hear what my requirements were? There was only like three of them. Well, why doesn't Elliot fit that? He's clever. I'm busy. Oh, <laughs> does not want to be my manservant. Now I know where I stand. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I'll be back next Sunday. Vinnie White, of course, is coming up next, and he's a little jet lag, so make sure you pay attention. Have a great night.